It's episode 36, and I am here with Dave Rodriguez, and we're going to be talking about sales secrets and success secrets from an award-winning linebacker. Dave, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you. I <laughs> forgot about my sponsors. So oh, let, me, let me get the show paid for first. Hey, from our sponsors at Sell a Million, if you haven't bought this book yet, what are you waiting for? There's over 101 tips for furniture and mattress store owners to sell another million dollars or more this year. It's less than two cups of coffee, less than a lunch. What are you waiting for? Hurry up and get it. And from our friends at Mattress Industry Network, the Facebook group for retailers, by retailers who help each other succeed. Thank you very much for your sponsorship, Steve. I appreciate you and everybody in the group. If you own a mattress store or you are in the mattress industry and you want to get better, you want to be a better owner, you want to be a better salesperson, you want to be a better general manager, join the Mattress Industry Network. It's about a thousand strong right now. And the core values are helping others to build, market, sell, and succeed in the mattress industry. Thank you again, Mattress Industry Network, for your support. We appreciate you. And thank you, Steve. All right, Dave, let's get rocking and rolling. So I was reading something very interesting today. Um, and I forgot that you won the Hank Critchfield Award as the best linebacker in the Ohio Athletic Conference your senior year. So congratulations uh, about 30 some years too late. That's, That's right. That, <laughs> no uh, problem. Uh, I, did, I didn't realize that until I was reading up on you. So there listen, you, you have taken the lessons that you've learned on the football field uh, and you've translated them beautifully into a very successful sales career. So that's what... Uh, that's why I wanted you on the show. And when we were having lunch, what was it, a few weeks ago with your dad and your brother, yep. I, I kind of popped the question and uh, was pleasantly surprised that you'd be willing to share. So let me start off with this uh, question. Um, <clears throat> when you look at all the people that came on board in your freshman year as a football player, and how many finished. And then you look at how many people started at your company when you were an, an intern that just accepted a sales position with your company and how many people are left. In your mind, what makes the difference? Well, obviously, um, you know, many things in life are, uh, I would say, a marathon and not a sprint. And you have to show up every day. You have to do, you know, the little things over and over and over again. Um, and obviously forming good habits and taking care of yourself um, and just having a positive outlook, you know, every day is, is very important um, uh, just for the long term. But it, it really just is a, a marathon that you have to understand that. and realize that you it's going to take a long time. It's not going to happen overnight. There's no overnight successes usually. So I want to stop you right there. Um, success often takes longer than we would like. And uh, we are living in a world right now where there are a lot of young people coming into our, our, uh, into uh, the workforce with unrealistic expectations. Um, and I don't, I don't know where it all comes from and I don't really care to dive into it, but, but it's a fact. My store owners have a very difficult time hiring people, training them, retaining them. And uh, I want you to take me back in time where do you think this came from? This perspective that it's a marathon, not a sprint, um, forming good habits. Where where did that come from? Did that come from something earlier in your childhood? Did that? I mean, where did that come from? I, mo most people learn the hard way about good habits. 
Right. Well, I think a lot of it is the way you're brought up. And I was blessed with really good parents that instilled a good work habit, discipline. Um, you know, hey, this is what you have to do every day. Here's your chores. You got to do your homework. If you want to be a better athlete, you're going to have to work out. Stop, stop. Hold on. You had chores? <laughs> oh, yes. You know, I always thought your mom and dad were such nice people. <laughs> and, and and God rest your mom's soul. She was wonderful. I just loved her. Thank you. Um, so they they abused you. I mean, they made you they made you work, right? It was like child labor for free, right? Basically, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was good though. It's you know, I've got three brothers and we've all got a really good work ethic and and we're all successful at what we do. And you know, that that leads to other good things in life and um it all starts with you know, when you're younger, you know, are you going to school? Are you doing what you're supposed to do? Are you, you know, listening? Are you um, paying attention to adults and respecting them? Um, just all those little things you learn as a, as a child. And we did have chores that we had to do every day. And we had a, a large yard we had to take care of. And um, so, and we still enjoy doing work outside. I mean, there's not an issue there. And uh, so, Yeah. We worked hard when we were younger, so it was good. Dave, I need a charger for a Crown Electric pallet jack. <laughs> is that something you can help me with? That's Steve. <laughs> Steve is really important to me. He, he, he runs he he runs uh, the mattress industry network group, and uh, he's my sponsor. So. Oh boy, yeah, we can we can help him with the uh, with with any kind of a type of forklift equipment. Yes. Okay. I will put you two in touch after this show. Um, so I, I don't want to get too far away from, from, from this. So the first time I met you, mm-hmm. I was a sophomore. You are a freshman. Yep. And the one thing that struck me about you, aside the fact that you're about a foot taller than me, was <laughs> that you were extraordinarily courteous and respectful. And the first thing that went off in my head is he must come from a really good family because you weren't just that way with me. You were that way with everybody. And and I think that the basics are the basics, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, treating other human beings the right way all the time even when it has nothing to do with business, even when you're just meeting somebody, um, I think it, it it means something. And I think this idea of discipline is huge. The idea that you had chores. But this this whole thing about form and habits. So do you have any advice to somebody who's listening? Maybe it's a sales rep. Maybe it's a store owner. Maybe it's a... Uh, Maybe it's a sales pro who works on a retail floor and they're going like, dude, I don't have good habits. I, I, I need I, I need to up my habit game. What would you say to somebody like that? Maybe, maybe make a list of, you know, things that you think you need to improve on. Maybe talk to, you know, other sales professionals or to the owner of the store, maybe just kind of get some feedback from them. You know, hey, how, how do I look? Is my dress okay? You know, my, my, uh, do I need to improve that appearance? Uh, do I need to show up earlier? Um, is my paperwork in order? You know, what are the little things that you need to do to improve yourself? What are the little things? I love that. And I'll tell you why I love it. Because sometimes when we start with the big things, it's just like too much. It's like, I can't, I can't, I can't do all that, but starting with little things is a great way to get a, a victory under your belt and then go on to some of the harder things that, that you might need to tackle. A couple other things too is, um, even when you're talking to somebody on the phone, you can kind of tell if somebody is smiling on the other end of the phone in a, in a genuine way. And, and, you know, it goes back to the golden rule. How do you want to be treated? 
And if you can just do that, that's a huge thing is this is the way I would like to be treated if I walk into your store and I'm looking for furniture or mattress. How do you, how do you want to treat those people or how do you want to be treated? You want to treat them the same way you would like to be treated. You know, is somebody smiling? Are they courteous? Do they answer your questions? Are they actually listening to you when you're saying, hey, this is what I'm looking for? Or do they take you in a completely different direction? And then maybe are they adding, you know, value added? Are they um, educating you on why you should do this or why you shouldn't do this? And maybe giving you some options that way once you're, you know, comfortable with them. Yep. Yep. So... Listen, you sell primarily business to business, correct? Yes. And how many jobs have you had since you graduated from college? One. Folks, did you hear that? (laughs) One. (laughs) One. One job. One job in how many years, Dave? 37 years. 37 years at one job. Yes. That's like incredible. Mm -hmm. I've had several jobs that I loved and I wanted to stay there the rest of my (laughs) life, but they got bought by private equity and they went to the opposite of uh, heaven and uh, was not good. So I had to get out. Um, And now I can't escape private equity. I have one company that I work for. I've worked for them for 16 years. I think they've been sold three times that I know of and uh, two times to private equity. And uh, I've I've been lucky that, you know, some of the, um, some of the uh, uh, executives that came in uh, felt uh, that they wouldn't mess with me because usually all the top earners get cut and Mm. I was always the top earner. So that was you know, basically puts a target on your head. Head. How do you stay at one place for 37 years? This is an aside. Sorry, guys. This is just me and Dave's <laughs> private time now. <laughs> no problem. No problem. You guys can listen, though, if you want to. <laughs> so, so basically, uh, I work for a very good company. Um, they basically leave me alone and let me do what I'm good at. Um, and they give me the tools to do that. Uh, we're we're on our third uh, generation of ownership. Same same family company. Uh, we were started in 1965. We're now over 500 employees, which for our type of business is a is a large company. So we've we're in multiple states. Um, we've got multiple product lines. We're not afraid to expand and. Uh, get into different types of products that we hadn't gotten into before. So we have a lot of flexibility that way. That's, uh, that's wonderful that, that obviously you get along with the third generation and the second generation, as well as the first generation. And, uh, that, uh, that the ownership did a good job of transition and obviously. So, mm-hmm. Did you have instant success? Like, I mean, when you played football, I mean, you were good from the minute you stepped on the field because I was watching you. You were, you were good. Now you became better and better and better. And, and one of the things that I noticed about you as a football player, and I don't know this about you as a salesperson, but I think I could assume it and I would be correct because you, you wouldn't have lasted 37 years and you wouldn't have had the success that you've had. Um, but you seem to me to be a very meticulous person, like like very, very organized, uh, wanting to do it the exact right way and willing to go through hundreds, if not thousands of repetitions to get to where you want to be. Is that fair? I would say there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I've had a lot of good mentors. Let's talk about that. That's my favorite subject. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first started out as a salesman, first of all, I had no idea I was going to be a salesman. 
I always figured did, did I? <laughs> I always figured I'd be some type of manager. I had no idea I'd be a salesman. All I want to do is be a pro football player, but at you know five <laughs> ten, uh, the chances weren't great. But uh, there you go. There you some, go. Some people make it, and God bless the ones that do. So let's dive into this whole thing about your mentors. Yeah. So so I've had uh, good sales uh, managers who who at times pushed me, and at times you thought, oh boy. Um, you know, do I really need to do that? But when it was all said and done, yes, you did need to do that. You know, some things that you thought maybe were too trivial or got you out of your comfort zone. So, you know, part of that is your growth. You're, you're, you're learning what you can do or what you can't do. And it's just your confidence in yourself. Um, and, and there's so many other, uh, salespeople that I just learned just, just little things from, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you talk to the customer? Um, just picking up little tidbits here and there, yeah. you know, over the years and just the yeah. experience over and over and over again and getting over your fears of, you know, picking up the phone or, or knocking on that door again, you know, making cold calls. When I, when I first started out, I've, I've made, thousands of cold calls. I mean, and that's basically, I'm going to somebody's business. I'm knocking on a door. I have no idea what to expect when I get there. <laughs> is the person going to, is the door going to be open? Is there going to be somebody friendly there? Is there going to be somebody, you know, what, you don't know what kind of mood they're going to be in. So you have to read the person right away. And that's like somebody walking into the store. Is the person going to be in a good mood, a bad mood? Um, are they going to give you 30 seconds? Are they going to give you 30 minutes? Are they going to give you three hours? You got to kind of make some judgment calls pretty quickly and try to read somebody's personality as far as, you know, hey, how much time do I have? What's their personality like? Are they real detailed? Are they uh, an emotional buyer? Um, you know, so you have to do some judgments very quickly. So, and again, a lot of that's experience. And, you know, when, when I look back on my, my mentors, I had excellent mentors that I was really lucky and very blessed with. And it almost seemed like certain ones were sent to me just at the perfect time. And, and so, mm -hmm. um, you know, there were mentors for actual product knowledge. One of the things that I've been blessed with is just curiosity and I made best friends with all the operations people. So I never had to take a quote sales managers word for something. I mm -hmm. wanted to hear from the ops guy, the guy mm -hmm. that built the beds. I wanted right. to hear from him, you know, what's the truth about these foam densities? What's the truth about this, that, and the other. And, um, and I got it. And, and sometimes it was very disappointing and sometimes it was very enlightening. Um, it, when I think about when I learned about product and when I learned about people, what made the most impact, I have some thoughts on that, but I want to ask you, was learning your product more important or was learning about people the most important? It's, it's kind of funny when you first start out, you think it's all about the product exactly. and all the experienced salespeople are always telling you, no, it's not about the product. Exactly. And you have to figure out for yourself that it really is about the people and the relationships you can build with people. And I mean, there's relationships I've had with some of my customers for probably 20 plus years now, which is nice. Well, let's, so let's dig into that. Mm -hmm. um, the only way you're going to have a relationship that lasts 20 years, especially a business relationship, the only way that that's going to happen is if there's honesty on both sides of the table, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so what is it? Is it the fact that you just kind of went through the numbers or are there certain things that you do 
that are you better at identifying good owners who are truth tellers versus i mean listen we all deal with ganas right thieves we all deal mm-hmm. with business owners that you know are unscrupulous i mean we do and and we have to make judgment calls whether we do business with those people or not very quickly what kind of flexibility does your company give you with that um obviously you don't like to turn down any business if possible yeah but if you're going to have somebody that's not truthful with you that's going to be probably an issue and usually you can figure that out pretty quickly i think um once you've been doing this for a while um i you know, if if somebody's got a few minutes, I usually try to just kind of get to know them a little bit better. Where are you from? You know, what what do you like to do? And not a pushy way at all. Just very. And if they if they don't want to engage with that, that's fine. I'm just you know just kind of a friendly type thing. Like when you first meet somebody, um, you know, what do you like to do? Where do you, where'd you grow up? That type of thing. So right. that that I think that helps. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot who said it. Maybe a lot of people have said it. Be interested instead of being interesting. Um, If you're really, truly interested in your, in your, in your customer, they'll often reciprocate. Mm -hmm. And so I want to give some red meat to our sales pros that work on the retail floor. I know that you don't sell um, to retail customers, but I know mm-hmm. that you are a retail customer. And I know uh, based on all the toys at your house that you <laughs> buy lots of things. So we're pretty you- good consumers here, I would say. Yes, you're a very good consumer. So <laughs> this is my question to you. You know, over the years, you've bought different things. You bought furniture, mm-hmm. you bought mattresses, this, that, and the other, all as a consumer. Mm-hmm. If you were to give some advice to the salespeople that waited on you, what constructive criticism would you give them or what? opportunities for them to improve? This is, this is interesting because my wife and I just stopped at a store within the last month or so, and we were very interested in buying something, but the salesman that was waiting on us seemed to be very disinterested in, in, in anything. He was like distracted. Um, can't remember if he was on his phone, but it doesn't, didn't really seem like he was very genuine with us. And we'll probably end up buying from this place, the store, and we will definitely ask not to be waited on by the same person. Wow. For that reason. Yeah. And I'm pretty easy to get along with, but I could tell right away that the guy was just not, you know, he's just kind of like sloughing us off. So, Yeah. I would just say, you know, somebody that's that's paying attention to you. You 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 tell them something, either either write it down or they remember. Okay. You're going to buy a car. You know, hey, I want to have I want the car color to be red or whatever the color is. And they try to talk you or they forget about it, you know, that something that's important to you, they forget about. So So let me stop you there because I do a lot of sales training. Uh, especially sales training for, well, I do sales training in two different aspects. Number one, I train a lot of sales reps. And number two, I train a lot of sales pros at retail. Um, One of the things that I constantly harp on them is anytime your, uh, your customer tells you anything, if you don't have a good memory, it's okay. Just jot it down. It's it's okay, just jot it down. But whether you jot it down or you remember it, you need to at some point, fairly soon, in the next few minutes, let them know that you heard it and that you've retained it and that you're thinking about what they Mm -hmm. gave you Mm -hmm. as a way to build rapport. I mean... 
listen, it's one thing somebody greets you in the store and whatever the store greeting is or whatever they talk about, that's fine. That's a great first Mm -hmm. step. But you don't build rapport. You don't, nobody has the ability to just magically hypnotize a customer and cast a spell on them and, and, and make them buy. The only thing that you can do is be a good listener and feed back the information to the customer and let them know that you're thinking about them and for them. And so you give this person some information, they're not feeding it back to you. And then they actually, when it comes time closer to the selection process, they have, they seem like they completely forgot. Mm-hmm. And what that says to you is you don't care about me. Right. Exactly. Right? Yep. And and it's like, and as successful as you are, here's the, 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 the bad comedy of the whole thing. <laughs> if they're on commission and they may not be, and that might mm-hmm. be part of the problem. Right. But if they were on commission and they could see your house and they could see your bank account. They would be worshiping the ground you walked on. They would take notes on every cotton-picking little thing you said, and they would be saying, yes, Mr. Rodriguez, yes, Mr. Rodriguez. And so that's funny because if if you, you know, there was a time years ago, I walked onto a car dealership to buy an expensive car, and I was in flip-flops and a tank top, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't, they wouldn't wait on me. It's yep. like, Dude, yep. I make I make more than the the guy that owns this place. You, this is absurd, and right. I couldn't even get waited on. I just, right. just like, so did you? You, do, you can't. Did you, can't did you do? A book did, did you do that? Did were you like dressed like I, a? Slob? I was. I don't know if I was dressed that bad, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't wearing a suit and tie. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, we're going to come back to this because I still want to dig in on it, but I need to read a quick chapter from my book. So those of you that have my book, and it takes two or three minutes, this is on 151 and it's called Show Me the Money. And it's actually a a reprint of a blog that I printed a long, long time ago, um, a long time ago, but Here it is. Show me the money. When I recently asked you what articles about selling you would like to read, the most popular response was, show me how to make more money. I cannot thoroughly answer that in one article, but I can share several ideas that will help you immediately. Money is a byproduct of serving. Want to make more money? The top salespeople focus on serving their customers. The money they make is simply the result of serving the needs and wants of their customers. Top salespeople are in business for themselves. They create their own traffic. They network and prospect continuously to increase the number of customers they see every day. They prepare. They know their products, their inventory, their advertising, their finance offers, policies and procedures, and those of their competitors. And that's the most important part. I must acknowledge John F. Lawhon, John F. Lawhon's breakthrough book here, Sell in Retail, because that's that was an important book in my development as a retail salesperson. They shop their competition. Guys, anybody that's ever listened to the Pete Primo show, I beat you with this, but I'll beat it with you to the day I sign off for the last time. And then I'll probably still be talking about it. (laughs) You must shop your competition or have them shop. Failure to do this will lead to missed sales. They educate themselves. They embrace new ideas. One top salesperson shared that his favorite sales trainers were Dale Carnegie and Tom Hopkins. Not only did he buy the books, he invested in their seminars. He saw Tom Hopkins twice. He did not wait for his company to train him. He invested in his own business, his sales business. So whether it's, you know, Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, Brian Tracy, Mike Weinberg, Anthony Inarino, Mark Hunter, um, any of these uh more modern guys or Jeffrey Gittimer, you you gotta 
you got to educate yourself as, as a salesperson. I mean, you just got to take the time and I'd be, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the great Jeb Blunt, which we're going to have on in a week or two, uh, three weeks, right? Anyway, I wrote this after 29 years of success in selling and I'm still learning guys. I'm in my 39th year. January starts my 40th year in selling. <laughs> I never thought I'd live this long, Dave. Continuous improvement. Yeah, both of us, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Top salespeople seek to learn every day in every way. And that includes listening to your teammates. If you're a sales pro on a retail floor, that includes listening to what your teammates say to customers, retaining the good and discarding the bad, right? If you hear somebody mm -hmm. say something that you would never say, that it just has no integrity to it, it just stinks in every way, just make a note. It's not me. I don't do that. And but this other thing that this other dude did over here or dude that did, that's cool, man. I'm I'm gonna do that. I don't why didn't I think of that before? <laughs> so they study their coworkers for new ideas and techniques. They become friends with the sales representatives so they can learn everything they can learn from them. And you know, I've become friends with many sales pros on many floors. And before when I my first nine years I spent on the retail sales floor, I I became friends with a lot of sales reps and, and they all said the same thing. Pete, I wish everybody really wanted to learn like you. And so anyway, they measure their success. They know their metrics. They measure their closing rates and their average ticket. They strive to improve their statistics. They are on a mission to improve their service to their customers. They know what to achieve they know that to achieve true success, everyone must win. And I, I couldn't say that enough times. They follow up. Before I read John F. Lawhon's book, Sell in Retail, I would send thank you notes to only the people that bought from me. Hmm. After I read the book, I started sending thank you notes to all my customers. Everyone I waited on, if I could get their address, I sent them a thank you note. And I'll tell you a story in a minute about that. <laughs> Lawhon explained that the one difference between good and great salespeople was a great one sent thank you notes to all their customers. He was right. My income went up. The most important follow-up is a phone call the day after the customer shops your store. Find a mentor. We already covered this. Mm -hmm. Who do you know that is the best? Model your, yourself after them, but do not lose yourself. Follow the principles of your mentor success, but be yourself. On my YouTube channel, you can see the video I created about me and my mentor. Just go to blah, 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 and I'm not going to read that part. So, Dave, I covered a lot. Anything there you want to comment on? Pete is getting old, but he keeps bringing <laughs> fresh ideas to his customer. Thanks, Pete. You're welcome, Steve. <laughs> I am old, brother. I'm 61. I never thought I'd live this long. <laughs> uh, you got and a I'm, long way to go, Pete. Come on. I'm very, I'm very You're happy. Good. You're I'm good. very happy <laughs> about living this long because I really, most of the time, especially when I'm not moving, I really don't feel very old. And sometimes, even when I am moving, I feel pretty young. But there you go. So, so getting back to your thank. Thank you notes. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice touch. Um, again, how many places do you go into as a consumer and somebody thinks about you after the fact, even if you didn't buy something? So the, here's a true story. Years ago, I worked at Cronimes Furniture mm -hmm. and right next to us was Furniture Land. It was the same parking lot. People would park in the middle. They'd walk over to Furniture Land. They'd walk <laughs> over to Grownheim's. It was, it was unbelievable. So I lost a sale. I didn't know I lost a sale. I thought I had a great rapport with these people. And listen, so Dave, you know this about me. I mean, I am... <laughs> I, I'm the dude that goes after Moby Dick with tartar sauce in his boat. <laughs> in a rowboat. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm that guy. I just think I can do it. I, I really believe that. Mm-hmm. I've always believed that. And I'm in shock anytime I come a little bit short, which trust me, happens often. But so I missed this sale. I got their information. I wrote a thank you note to them. Mm-hmm. And like two or three weeks later, they show up. And I'm like, I thought you were gone. And they said, oh, we were. We bought at Furniture Land. Ah, I said, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I don't know what to say other than I'm sorry that I couldn't help you. Well, we came here to buy from you. I go, but you bought at Furniture Land. And they said, yes, but two things happened. One, we got a thank you note from you. Mm. But the guy that we bought from didn't send us a thank you note. And the delivery was late. So we figured we wanted to see if you had this in stock, if we could get it set up for delivery. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go and cancel the other one. And so I got my sales manager involved. My sales manager got us a delivery date. We had it in stock. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) And we did business and we did business not one time, but many times. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the things that I want to say to you as a sales rep, you as a business owner, and you as a sales pro working on on a retail floor, your customer satisfaction or dissatisfaction is always relative to something else. And so our job is to give them as good of an experience as humanly possible. And that includes sending a thank you note. And if somebody wins initially, but fails at some point, Mm -hmm. that creates an opportunity for you to come back and win the sale. So, um, I had a few like that, but that particular one just kind of jumps out at me. Um, you know, so you've had an apathetic salesperson. Have you ever had too pushy of a salesperson at retail? Oh, yes, of course. So tell me about that a little bit. Well, you, I don't think it's as bad as it used to be, but car salesmen always got a bad rap, I think. Yeah. And a lot of it was deserved. You know, it's just some of the techniques I think they used to use. I don't think they use a lot of those anymore. It seems like they've gotten away from that. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of people just don't want to go buy a car. Right. Included. Um, I don't want to be attacked. I want to just be educated. And, you know, I don't need to be sold on it. If I'm going to buy it, I'm going to buy it. So... Just give me the facts, you know, do you have it and be truthful again, be honest and truthful and pay attention to what I'm talking to you about. So let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Would you spend a little bit more money to deal with an honest salesperson versus somebody you thought would steal the filling out of your teeth? Absolutely. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Happens almost every day. Right. Higher quality and a a better. um, Roger, do you see that? (laughs) Roger, how you doing, bud? Roger, you're too kind. (laughs) Pete Primo, Dave Rodriguez, great interview from two of the greatest players at Baldwin-Wallace College. When we were Baldwin-Wallace College, which I guess they're not anymore, but that's that's their problem. Thank you, Roger. (laughs) Thanks, Roger. Yeah, I would I would spend more money, and um, if I can't trust you, there's going to be a problem. So, yeah, you know. So, one of the things that I harp on constantly is to know the competition and know what's going on. Mm-hmm. When you kind of go back into your your successes in, in your in your career, which is you know thirty seven years right now mm-hmm. at this one company. Yep. Um, do you do you see where having knowledge of your competition helped you in some of those sales? Absolutely. There's there's hundreds of times that I used information that I had, not in a bad way, just in an educating way. 
you know, this is what this is what they have, their product. This is our product. These are differences. Right. It gets drilled in their head or, right. or it did. I don't use it as much as I used to, uh, but I still use it um, whenever it's appropriate. And again, it's not in a bad way. It's just in an educating way. Sure. <clears throat> Do you know how I use it often? This is a little little red meat for my sales reps because mm-hmm. I, I never thought any sales rep would listen to it. And sometimes I think <laughs> I get more sales reps than I do store owners. And that's who I'm really, uh, who, I, who I would really like to talk to the most. But um, I use it if someone hasn't met me or doesn't know me, which mm-hmm. is kind of hard right now, but it, it happens on occasion. I kind of pepper in things that I know about different companies to, to kind of establish credibility mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, that I know what's going on in the industry. Right. So, you know, blah, blah, blah is however many weeks out on this product. And, and, right. and, and you know, I make it, my job to understand that. And of course I have sales reps at all these companies and they call me screaming when they're out of stock on something. And I always say, I'm not going to use this against you, but I am going to use it. (laughs) Well, and I probably use it a lot more than I think just, you know, unconsciously just, you know, just happens, you know, just your baggage. Your, your tool bag that you're carrying. This is, yep. you know, the information. So so when I was in, this is red meat for my sales pros on the retail floor. So I learned from a gentleman called Angel Rodriguez. Angel Rodriguez. Angel Gutierrez. <laughs> I got Rodriguez on my mind. Uh, Angel was from Cuba. Your family is from Spain. So uh, sorry, I got those two confused. Oh, you're fine. But anyway, um, Angel used to do what I call planting landmines. And so if he started to feel like no matter what I say, no matter what I do, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to be able to close this. I am going to trip the next salesperson up. And the first time they say something about whatever it happens to be, the sales right. going to blow up. It's going to come back to me. And he, he, he would get them to share like what store they're going to next. You know, he would get them in a very non-threatening way to share their, their, their next move with them. And then he would plant the landmine and he was so good. Hmm. I mean, he was such a professional that he would literally spend his days off shopping his competition. Not one day, both days. I mean, Hmm. the guy never rested. Um, And he knew what they, I mean, I would come back from my day off and I, I'd say, what's up, Angel? Well, Furniture Land's out of their version of the Ming Dynasty. So that means anybody that's looking for that look, we got them because we have stock and they don't. <laughs> and and he knew that. And, and so what I would encourage you to do, and listen, if you're a single store owner, I know that this gets hard. And listen, if you've been a, a retail sales pro for 20 years, I know that you can't walk into another store. I, I, I know you can't because they've shopped you and they already know who you are. And the minute you walk in, they're going to say, hi, Dave. Mm-hmm. And you're busted. So no, I, I get that. I, you got to get creative. Um, mm-hmm. l- listen, when I when I built a lineup uh, for a mattress chain, I couldn't go in there and buy the beds, but I needed to buy the beds. So what I did is I had my new salesperson mm-hmm. and Tony Catanza, you know who I'm talking about, you. <laughs> Tony went in and between all the members of his family, we bought every bed that this retailer had. We tore them all down and we built our version of them mm. uh, for, for the competitor. And we, uh, <clears throat> and we did a lot of business, millions and millions of dollars of business because we went the extra mile and we created beds for a, for a large um, company Um and and you do business with those people too. Um, they're good friends of mine, the Amados. So anyway, um, we built a lineup for them based on 
Intel and based on actually buying the physical product, tearing it down and mm -hmm. either building it the same way or building it slightly better because some of what I saw and these guys say they're great retailers and they know how to build beds. Uh, some of the beds I saw, I just looked at Tony and Joey and I said, I I'm not building you that bed. It's a piece of crap. Didn't even have, uh, didn't, didn't even have, uh, um, um, some fundamental pattern that it should have to prevent the springs, the foam from going down into the springs. So mm. we built the beds at least as good, if not better and at cheaper prices so that they could make the margin that they needed. So Intel becomes very, very important. So as we're kind of starting to wrap this thing up, we started off talking about habits. We talked about Intel, uh, what else would you say to, you know, a young lady or a young man just graduates, they want, they want to make a good impression on their first employer. What is Dave Rodriguez's uh, advice to that new salesperson? What are the things that they should do to impress their new uh, employer and more importantly, set themselves up for success? Probably, probably a couple things, obviously, you know, being on time, being prepared, um, you know, learning your product as, as best you can, uh, learning about the competition, um, you know, again, your, your dress code, how is your dress code? How are you, how are you looking? Um, you know, just, just having those little things all, all lined up so that you're ready. Um, getting there early, staying late if you need to, talking to, to people that are more experienced than you are to get some tips and just paying attention and being, you know, genuine when you're, when you're trying to learn and try to be a student is the biggest thing. Be a good student. Yeah, a lot of these things <clears throat> add up to being a good student. A, mm -hmm. a lot. If I start to look at these things, it, it comes up to that. And, you know, the interesting thing that you said <clears throat> is to ask um, experienced salespeople questions because mm -hmm. you, listen, if you want to be successful, it's up to you. Life is a, a do-it-to-yourself project. And, yeah. and so you need to reach out. It, it shouldn't be that your mentor should be looking for you and save you from yourself. Mm -hmm. You should be going to them and asking them questions. And listen, you're going to come across some salespeople who are great. And mm -hmm. you're going to come across some salespeople who are terrible. And, you know, my, my, my grandfather had all these, he had this big fishing net that kind of, it was the original man cave in his basement and it could kind of divided his basement from the, the, uh, the area that he had a TV and a sofa and a recliner in from his work area. There's this big fishing net and he would always put these sayings up when he, he would like go down to Florida or South Carolina and then he'd bring another one of these. And mm -hmm. he said, no man is ever a waste. He can always serve an, serve as a horrible example of, of, of what to be. And, and, and so, you know, if there's a salesperson there and they're not successful, you notice that they're at the bottom of the board consistently. Mm -hmm. Don't do anything they say or do. Right. It's easy. And you see somebody who's up there consistently. Mm -hmm. That's whose brain you need to start to pick. And that's who you need to, to, to have a relationship with. That's the guy or the gal that mm -hmm. you need to ask questions. And basically, essentially, what I'm trying to get you to do is to recruit your mentor. I mean, Dave, I, I look back at my career and I just go, I am so lucky and so blessed because mm -hmm. I had great mentors. And, you know, I wasn't even smart enough or self-aware enough to recruit a mentor. I just and, wasn't. And and the other thing is about that, 
is a lot of successful people want to mentor people. If they're just, they want to do that. That, that gives them enjoyment to do that. It does me. I've been, me too. I've been recruited several times and there are some sales pros that I've gotten two or three jobs for. And, and listen, they do a great job and they, they were worthy of, of my recommendation. Mm -hmm. Um, Or at least they became that person who was worthy of that recommendation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the other thing too, Pete, um, one thing I think about the successful people is if, let's say on a Monday, you, you have somebody come into your store and you don't have the information, let's say, in front of you, but you say, I'm going to get back to you right away. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you getting back to them that same day, the next day, or are you taking a week to get back to them? Yes. And, and I've and I've messed up on this before. I'll be honest with you. Um, we all have. You know, if I don't get back to people when I should, that's a bad thing. And that reflects bad on you as a salesperson. And the customer's gonna think, well, I'm not a, I'm not that important because they're not getting back to me. Right. So if you're if you tell them, hey, I'm going to get back to you tomorrow, get back to them tomorrow, even if you don't maybe even have all the information, at least they know you're trying and that you're thinking about them. So that is very important, too. No, it's very important. And I'm going to fall on this sword a little harder than 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 you did. I have been on both extremes of this. Mm -hmm. I've completely forgotten and uh, failed miserably. And, um, I feel horrible when that happens, uh, doesn't happen very often because I write everything down now. It took me a little bit to learn that, but you know, what you said, Dave, you have no idea of how relevant it is today because this is what my store owners are wrestling with. They don't know from day to day how much they're going to be paying for their product. Literally, mm-hmm. furniture and mattresses and all the products associated with them are going up constantly. When they sell it to you, if they don't have it in their warehouse or their back room, they honestly do not know when they can get it. It used to be that if they didn't have it and it was a mattress, they could have it within a week. And if they had a really crappy manufacturer, it would take two weeks. But the most. Similar things are happening in our industry too with the supply chain. You mean it's not just my industry? <laughs> no. <laughs> Pricing, the, the shipping. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns, unfortunately. So there's a lot more communication that you need to do or have yeah. between you and the customer right now than you ever had before. Yeah. Yeah. And, things and, are changing constantly. And 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 so I'm gonna say this to my brothers and sisters who are sales reps. And I'm going to say this to you as a sales pro who works on a retail floor and also as a store owner. Sometimes you can't get back to the customer because you don't have the answer, but you can make this phone call. Mrs. Jones, it's Pete at ABC mattress. And I promised you I'd get you an answer today. And I was unable to do so. I did not want you to think that I forgot about you. Mm -hmm. So I'm calling you to let you know that you're at the top of my list. And when I find out, I will call you. It might take me another day or two, but I don't want you to think that I forgot about you. Now, listen, a lot of you guys are saying that's stupid. That's stupid. You didn't say anything. I did say something. And this is what I said. I care. And that is the most important thing a salesperson will ever say to a customer or a potential customer is saying that I care. I understand you need an answer. I understand I don't have an answer, but you're on my mind and I will follow through. Yes, extremely important. You get the last word, brother. You're my guest. Let's wrap this baby up. What do you What do you want to know? What What secrets do you want to know? 
I don't know. I think you gave us a lot. I mean, the perspective. Be, be yourself. The golden rule. The golden rule is the huge one. I think. Yeah. That 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 takes care of ninety nine percent of the issues you're going to have. It does. How do you want to be treated? If there's a problem, how do you want to be treated? You want to be treated like you would expect to be treated by somebody else. And as long as you're doing that, you know, that's usually going to be, there's a certain amount of people, a small percentage that you're probably never going to, you know, maybe satisfied hundred percent, but 98% of the people, 99% of the people, usually you can, you can take care of them pretty well, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that jumps out that you said to me that I think is so important in this world of instant satisfaction, I want success. I want it now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my buddy owns a steel company. I, I was hanging out with him at, a, at his pool over the weekend. And he said, Pete, he goes, you know, I advertise for welders can make up to $38, $38 an hour. Mm -hmm. well, they want to start at $38 an hour and they don't have experience. Mm -hmm. They don't want to start at 20 or 25. They want to start at 38. And he goes, I, I just don't get it. He goes, you know, Pete, when, when I got out of school, I knew that I really wanted to be successful. I knew that I'd have to work hard and I was willing to bide my time and make less than I wanted to make until I kind of got the knowledge and the ability to generate more income. Mm -hmm. And the thing that you said very early on is um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I would more accurately say, and not to be corrective or dismissive because I think the general sentiment is wonderful and it's great. Mm -hmm. it, life is a marathon and our careers are a marathon. But I really think that in the world of sales, it's a series of sprints and you really need to learn how to rest and recover in between your sprints rather quickly. And one of the things that you said, Dave, and you said it almost in passing, um, and it hits me when I go to these reunions. And I'm like, did I go to school with this person? They look like they're 20 years older than me. I mean, look at them. They're like, got one foot in the grave. And I'm like, you know, taking care of yourself. If you're a professional salesperson, you got to take care of yourself. You got to get sleep. If you're selling sleep and you're not getting a good night's sleep, take a good hard look in the mirror and fix it. Guys, you, you got to fix it. Um, if you're not exercising, listen, you don't have to exercise a lot. If nothing else, get a half a mile, you know, a half an hour walk in every day. Mm -hmm. Nutrition, you don't have to eat and be a 2% body fat bodybuilder and eat only clean all the time. But 90% of what you put in your body should be good, wholesome food. I mean, there's no secrets to taking care of yourself. And if you have a bad habit, figure out how to overcome it. You know, it's, you got to take care of yourself. You know, uh, at the end of the day, we have a brand and our companies have a brand. But usually your brand is linked to positivity. Usually it's linked to um, being creative. And if you're not positive and you're not energetic and you're not creative, dude, what do you bring into the party? I mean, mm -hmm. you, you got to come ready to deliver for your customer that comes in. And that's true on a retail floor. That's true as a sales rep. That's true as a business owner. You know, store owners out there, you're you you're making a sale every day. Even if you no longer work on the retail floor, you're making a sale every day. And the sale that you're making to everybody that works for you is we're going to take care of you. And, and guess what? If you do a good job for us, you're going to be compensated well well for it and you're going to be treated well and you're going to be appreciated and so you can't do that without positivity you can't do that without energy you can't do that without creativity so that's all i got to say about it thank you so much dave for everything uh that you brought to the party the 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 marathon the form and good habits the discipline uh reminded me that i did chores as a child also <laughs> <laughs> you're you're welcome pete it was uh it was fun so. yeah 
It is fun. And thank you uh, for being a great example of how being a, a great athlete can transition into a great career in business. If you just take some of those simple things that we learned as athletes and transfer them over to the business world. Yep. So with that, we're going to say goodbye. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day. All right. Take care, Pete. Thank you very much. Happy spring to you. Yeah. Take care.